Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Realities of Real Estate. And today we have one of our first interviews with a lender that is in office and that I work with a ton. And he's super awesome. And he believed in me from the beginning about starting this podcast. So I really love working with him and I wanted you guys to get to know him a little bit and hear what he has to say about what it's like in the lending world. So hope you guys enjoy. If you guys want to get into real estate, well, if you want something, you got to work hard, work, work hard for it. I was doing <laughs> contracts whenever I was 15 and 16. I decided, you know what? I'm going to shadow some lawyers. I'm sitting there as like a 17 year old high schooler being like, <gasps> see you AP classes, see you college classes. Welcome to another episode of Realities of Real Estate with me, your host, Reagan. And today we have one of our first interviews with a lender, and his name is Shiloh Harris. So, Shiloh. Hello. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, Shiloh, tell us a little bit about um, who you are, what you do, and how you got started in this industry. Yes. Well, as you know, my name is Shiloh. I am a loan originator, and I work for Model Mortgage. Um, I actually am a little bit newer to this field, so I worked in higher education my whole career. I had the amazing opportunity ever since the age of 19. I was offered a full-time position in higher education, and I worked in student success at a couple different universities. I helped students who were struggling, the counseling. Um, and then I had this amazing opportunity given to me. My cousin actually owns a mortgage company, Modern Mortgage, um, and he talked to me a little bit about coming over and what he was doing. And I have to be honest, for about a year, I was very opposed to it because <laughs> all I ever knew was working in higher education. And it yeah. just sounded like a very, the, the world of real estate and lending and mortgages all sounded very daunting oh, yeah. to me. Um, but he kept talking to me, he kept coming back and he was telling me more about it. Um, and I actually had summers off when I worked in higher education because there was no school. And so I had a summer off um, finally and I said, well, let's give this a try. And so I came in and I shadowed him and my perception or my assumption of the, the lending world would be that he's closed off in an office in front of a computer. He never sees anyone, but there's so much networking and relationship building um, in the mortgage world because we have to make relationships with the realtors. Oh, yeah. And I saw him doing that. Um, he would have realtors coming in and asking him questions. And then he would just get into conversations about their lives and everything. And there was so much just connecting with people, even like the buyers and the realtors. And so that's really what won me over. And I gave it a shot one summer and I just, I fell in love with it. Awesome. Well, that's pretty cool. So your cousin's Dan Aller, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay, awesome. Yeah. So um, tell us some things that you like about this new job that you have. And then also some things that you don't like. Um, well, kind of like what I said before is I just really, really like the connections and the relationships you have. As I said, my perception yeah. of the lending world was this closed off 
Um, but I love the connection that you have with the realtors. You make this relationship because they're the ones who refer you your business, the buyers. Typically, that's how we get our business. And the buyers come to us through realtors that mm-hmm. we've built relationships with. Um, and so I love just talking with realtors, you know, finding out about their lives, really connecting, um, making that connection. Um, so it's more personal. So that's what I really like about this. Even with the buyers, I can't tell you how many times I've been on the phone with them and you know at first it's just to request certain documents i need w-2s or pay stubs (laughs) and then it can go into stories about their lives about their struggles or about their week they've been at work and Mm -hmm. i've been on the phone i I think it was one o'clock in the morning with a buyer and she was just she was the sweetest thing ever and she was just telling me about she was a nurse she just had the horrible day and she told me all about her day but that just made it so much better when we got through the whole transaction got to the closing table and we got her the keys to that house and we had such a connection we're friends now because of that whole transaction so that's what I really like about it um I don't know if there's something specific that I dislike I will say it was a huge um adjustment Mm -hmm. to what I was doing before and there was a big learning curve um, and just how much time you kind of have to be on call, you know, yes. all the time in the real estate <laughs> world. Um, and so that was a big adjustment. Um, but now that I've gotten accustomed to it, I actually, I really love my job. Yeah, I well, say that. yeah. that's great. That's awesome. Okay. So what are some things that you have achieved? And then what are some like big lessons that you had to learn? Maybe not failures as much, but just like some things that you're like, oh, shoot. Okay. I'm not doing that again. So just, or just like lessons that you've learned from doing this job well thankfully I have the best boss in the world my cousin Dan Aller and he has just really mentored me so much Um, he took a huge chance on me and just invested so much into me so he's been there every step of the way you know Mm -hmm. anytime I have questions I can text him call him or if he's in the office you know ask him these questions Um, so thankfully he has kept me from making a lot of mistakes and I think just probably what I've learned the most is just to do my due diligence look Mm -hmm. it over twice a third time a fourth time Um, especially when you're working with all these numbers you want to make sure they're right and so you can't be hasty so making sure you have all your ducks in a row and Dan has really taught me that just to be thorough to take your time um, make sure that it's done right because mm-hmm. um, when you're these are the biggest transactions of people's lives buying oh, a yeah. home typically and you want it to be done with the utmost professionality you want it to everything to be done right you don't want little mistakes to mess it up and this this huge transaction that can you know cause a lot of stress so I would say that's just probably um, a really big lesson I learned off right off the bat just take your time mm-hmm. do your due diligence check that things over two, three times um, just to make sure you have all your ducks in a row. Yeah, so I know as a realtor, we get um, some buyers who already have lenders beforehand or they say that they know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy or whatever the heck. But sometimes, you know, they just come in and they just get this generic pre-approval letter because the lender just maybe like glanced at their credit score and like took what they, you know, what the buyer said they made a year, um, you know, at their word. Um, And then 
for someone like you, you take a little bit more time, like deep diving into like everything that goes on in the background. So can you kind of explain like how that works? And also just have you had any bad experiences with that? Like have people said, oh, you know, why are you taking so much time? Why why are you going into so much detail? Yeah, I think um, that's one thing that I really value about Motto and working with Dan, what he's instilled in me. We want to do our job with excellence. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we do take our time. You know, there's always that chance that you get into a transaction. And if I didn't look over everything, I didn't make sure your income was correct, um, that you made enough money to cover this new weight of this mortgage, this monthly Um, If your credit, if I didn't check all those things up front and make sure that we're in line, we can get into a transaction and then it can fall through because the funds just literally aren't there. And that can cause a lot of heartache and a lot of stress. You know, they don't get into the house. They could have put earnest money. You know, typically a buyer will put earnest money down right at the beginning of a transaction. It's kind of like uh, like a statement of goodwill towards this contract that they put earnest money down. They could lose that. They could, so many things can go wrong if I don't do that due diligence up front. And I really just strive to do everything with honesty and integrity. Yeah. So that's why I do take a little bit more time up front. I go through all the options, make sure that this investment in this home, this mortgage, is financially sound and doable for these buyers because I really do. I want the best for them. And so if we can avoid um, a messy, you know, period where like a transaction might fail because I didn't do my due diligence or they didn't have enough money in the bank or anything like that, I want to avoid that. I want the best for them. I want them to be happy and successful. And so mm-hmm. if that's getting into the house of their dreams and we make it work, that's awesome. And if it's too tight, if that's not doable, or if there's going to be um, troubles, I want to say that up front. So that's why I do my due diligence up front. I that pre-approval. I look over everything because um, I want the best for my buyers. Yeah, that's great. Because I definitely, and I'll probably go over this in a future podcast, one of my crazy client stories, but I've had so many um, transactions where the buyer has came and they already had a lender because that's who they banked with or that's who they knew from a friend of a friend of a friend or whatever. And um, we end up getting in the middle of a transaction and the lender had just given them like an upfront pre-approval letter, but he, he didn't do like all of the back end work and everything so we get in the middle of a transaction and there's already hundreds to even up in the thousand dollar range spent on inspections appraisal and earnest money and stuff like that and then all of a sudden we find out she can't qualify or something and so she's just spent all this money because she trusted someone you know at their word so that's why i definitely like when lenders you know, go a little bit deeper at the beginning because it just shows that they know what they're doing. So, okay, well, is there anything from before you started this process? I know you kind of thought, you know, everything was in an office and you didn't really get to talk to people that much. Was there anything else that you were just like, I wasn't expecting this or you just thought this is really different or um, just anything that you were like, I thought it would be one way and it's a complete opposite whenever you got into this business. Yeah, I I thought, and so this is just me being totally naive, <laughs> um, I thought there would be 
almost that, you know, these transactions, they would all be the same. But I found that like every deal is different. There's a different scenario to every single deal that I've done. And it's not all the same. So you do have to adjust. You do have to, you know, make sure, as I said, cover all your bases, make sure all your ducks are in a row because every single transaction, every single home buying process is a little bit different and unique in its own way. Yeah, yeah, got it. So um, do you have like a crazy story or anything without any names or addresses? Yes, ma'am. So (laughs) probably the funniest story I have about my time being a lender is so as I said, as a lender and even as a real estate agent, you have to be on call 24-7, you know, buy your phone, be accessible in case your buyers need anything. Um, and so I do my best to make sure that I have my phone on me, that I'm accessible to all of my clients and all of my um, real estate agents at the, you know, at a moment's notice. Um, but there's <laughs> particular times where I can't do that. And one of those particular times is Sunday mornings. I'm a good boy and I take my grandparents to church. How sweet. And I can't be on my phone in church service beside my grandparents. Mm-hmm. Well, I had a buyer and they had a question. They needed some numbers run. They And I quickly had a moment before I was walking into the sanctuary and I quickly texted them back. I said, I'm so sorry. I will get back to you as soon as possible. But I take my grandparents to church on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I drop them off back home for the afternoon, as soon as I get home to my computer, I will run those numbers and get them back to you. Mm-hmm. And so I sent that text to her real quick, and I get to the pew, and I sit down, and this buyer, she's the sweetest buyer (laughs) in the world, but she had a little bit of a potty mouth, and she texted me back. She said, I can't remember the exact words, but I just remember there was a naughty word, a bad word (laughs) in this text, and she said something like, it's so beeping cute that you do that or sweet that you do that for your grandparents. And I saw this text in church. My grandparents are literally sitting right next to me. And I got so embarrassed. I was just sweat dripping. I turned red. And I swear that everyone in the church knew somehow. They were all looking at me. Or that's what I thought in my brain, that I had this text on my phone. Oh my so I literally took my phone. I turned it off as quick as possible. My hands are shaking because I'm so nervous just because I had this text with this naughty word in church and then I pit I didn't even put the phone in my pocket I literally like sat on my phone I put it under my leg and just sat on my phone and didn't touch it I was afraid to touch it for the rest of church and then as church got over and we got up I was just so nervous I couldn't look anyone in the eye because I just I had this horrible word on my phone in church so that's probably that's probably the funniest story I have from my time that's in London funny. Yeah, so I'm guessing you don't you don't cuss or anything that much then. Reagan, I'm a good boy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I can't promise that I will never cuss on this show. So, because <laughs> in real estate, I feel like it just comes out eventually. <laughs> so we'll see how long you last. But um, so for anyone who's wanting to get into lending or into real estate, what is um, some advice that you would give to them? Like, you know, because I know taking the mortgage broker test and everything is a lot different than the real estate test. But what are just some tips or tricks that you would give 
give to someone who's getting into this industry? Yeah, I'm, I would say, honestly, this is a pretty generic answer, and this is pretty typical of me coming from a background in higher education, but do your homework. Read. I read so many books um, just on real estate, on mortgage, on lending. Um, any information you can get is going to be helpful for you. Um, and never turn down a chance to learn more. If there's if someone's offering a free educational class on the home buying process, on lending, anything, yeah. take it. Um, I get emails, you know, all the time for you know webinars on this, learning this or learning this about the industry. And any chance that I can, I take those. And so I just think the more knowledge the more rounded you can get, um, the better. Because as as we said, every transaction is different. Mm-hmm. So the more knowledge, the more you have in your brain, the more you are prepared to deal with all these different situations. Yeah, got it. Okay. That's great. So um, what does your day-to-day look like? You know, I know you said that you, you're on call a lot. You um, are always on the phone, you're doing all your research and stuff like that, and you're um, in an office, but it's not kind of the cubicle that you thought it would be. But I get asked this question a ton, and for me, every single day is different. So from like the lending standpoint, is it a little bit more stable, or is it always just you're always on the go as well? See, I would like to think in my brain, I tell myself it's more stable, but (laughs) it is. Every day is different. Um, You know, there are days um, like today that I have several applications to look over and pre-approvals to um, try to pre-approve. There are days where I have closings, you know, a Mm -hmm. deal has come and we've gotten to that point where they've come to the end of this transaction and we're closing. And so I have a closing to get to. Um, there are times, you know, part of my job is just maintaining the relationships um, and building those um, connections with realtors. And I love that part of my job is just spending time with realtors. And so just going to their open houses, being a support for them, going to their brokers open. So there are times where like I wish in my head, I tell myself, well, it's just going to be an easy day. I'm going to be in the office nine to five. I'm just going to work at my computer, get these applications, get these loans submitted. Um, But I don't think I've had one of those days yet. Uh, Yeah. Honestly, I don't know that I have either. Um, So yeah, that brings up another question that I thought of. So um, whenever you started, I know you kind of had a little bit of experience. I mean, you were in higher education so you were comfortable talking to people but what kind of things like made you really go outside your comfort zone was it you know cold calling or just talking to different people that you've never met before is it open houses are those kind of awkward for you or like what's just like the worst thing that just makes you feel so uncomfortable about this i think at the beginning of my job it was honestly talking with the realtors because And in my head, I just idolized them because I was new to this industry and I had studied very hard. The the test to become an MLO, a mortgage lender originator, it's it was very hard. So and I was feeling pretty good about myself. Like I had some knowledge. I had done lots of homework for it. And so I I felt like I knew what my lane was, the, the, the lending, the mortgage lane was. But real estate, I have so such appreciation for realtors (laughs) because it is a crazy world with so you have to have so much knowledge so much expertise um just real estate agents are 
amazing. <laughs> um, and so I think that was probably the most intimidating part was just speaking to these people that I was just, they're so much better than me. They oh, have, yeah. they know so much. <laughs> um, so I think that was definitely the part where I kind of had to step out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. and talk to these people that intimidated me, which I learned that I didn't need to be intimidated because I think there's one common thread that's, you know, through every single real, real estate agent is they're also nice. Yeah. Like they're people persons. And I think mm-hmm. that's, you, you kind of have to be in the, that industry when they're working with so many different personalities. Um, but yes, um, so that was probably the most intimidating part, but I, I got over that pretty quickly. Got it. Yeah. So do you ever miss the education world? Do you ever feel like you'll do something different or go back? Or do you feel like you could see yourself sticking in this industry for a long time? Because if I'm being honest, people come and go in the real estate world like all the time. I mean, we have people who started out as lenders, then become realtors, then become lenders again. And then, I mean, we have teachers who become realtors or realtors become, I mean, we have all sorts of things. So what what are your thoughts or feeling on that? Um, do you feel like you'd go back or change? I do miss having my summers off. <laughs> that is a nice part of oh, education. Yeah. As crazy as that sounds, and I'm sure other people in education and teachers can relate to this, I miss my lesson plans, which at the time, they were the bane of my existence, like <laughs> creating my lesson plans. But I do now miss that. I miss my grading, which is so surprising to me that I miss yeah. grading papers. Um, so I do, there are parts that I miss, but um, as I said before, I... I have fallen in love with my job. I love being able to help people get into homes, these buyers. I mean, as we said, this is sometimes the biggest transaction of their whole entire life. And, you know, there's something I'm sure everyone who has a, you know, a house that they love or a home, like there's something about having a home, having a place to belong. So being a part of getting someone to this new home, mm-hmm. to somewhere where they have a place to belong, that's just awesome. And that, like, there's no better feeling than when you're at the closing table and that real estate agent gives them the keys and they've yeah. signed all the papers and it's theirs and they're so excited <laughs> about this new chapter in life. Um, so I, yeah, I absolutely love what I'm doing now. And although I miss higher education, yeah, I don't think I would trade what I do for anything right now. Oh, that's great. Um, So probably the last thing that I will end this interview with is um, in real estate, we talk a lot about what is your why, um, what is the reason, you know, you got into it and that you keep doing it because, you know, it gets stressful. It's hard to keep doing this every day sometimes. But if you have that why in any business, whether it's real estate or if you own a restaurant, you know, if you have that core belief or passion and why you're doing what you do, that helps you um, kind of push through those bad days. So what would you say that is for you? You know, one of my favorite quotes and has been my favorite quote for a really long time, probably since junior high, is everyone's fighting a battle that you know nothing about. Mm, So be kind. And I really, really try to live by that. Um, And I think there's this um, assumption or kind of the stereotype against lenders, especially that they're are cold, they're in it for the money, um, that they're not honest, they're dishonest. And I just really want to apply that be kind mm-hmm. to this the world of lending. 
Um, and I find that so true, that quote, everyone is fighting a battle you know nothing about. As I said before, sometimes I call or I'm messaging a buyer about something re- related to their loan. Um, and you find there's so much that went on that day. There's yeah. their lives are struggling, even with the realtors, you know, you'll be talking about a transaction and then you, you connect with them on what they're going through. And so I think that's my why is I just really want to like turn the lending world upside down <laughs> yeah. and go from this uh, like perception that lenders are these cold, dishonest people that only want your money to just really treating everyone with kindness and seeing how that affects them. Because it does. It's kind of like uh, it's contagious. You know, yeah. when you're kind to someone or someone's kind to you, you can't be mad or mean back to them. <laughs> and you're typically, typically when someone shows me kindness, you know, I walk into the next room all happy yeah. and I'm kind to the next person. So I do. I just want like to treat people with kindness because you don't know their, their stories. They could be, they might have horrible things going on. So treat them with kindness, even when they don't treat you that way. Treat them with kindness and see how that changes them and you. Yeah, well, that's that's great. And thank you for taking some time to uh, record this interview with me. And shout out to your brother, Aaron, who edits all of these podcasts. <laughs> it spends lots of great time on it. Um, so thank you so much. And um, I'll see you guys next week for the next episode of Realities of Real Estate.